Hello, and welcome to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast, produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. I'm your host, Mike Jefferson. Thank you for joining us as we talk with community leaders from across Greater Des Moines who share their greatest accomplishments and their biggest challenges. Now more than ever during these trying times, leadership remains crucial to the strength and resilience of our region. Let's hear from today's leader. In so many words, today's guest is responsible for bringing fun or making sure that you know about fun and everything that's going on and places to stay uh, when you visit Des Moines or actually even if you live here. He's, he's the one that's responsible for keeping you in the loop. He is none other than CEO and president of Catch Des Moines, Greg Edwards. Greg, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me on. So I know a bit about you uh, from our past encounters, um, you know, especially those on, on the golf course. Uh, unfortunate, right. unfortunate that we can't be there to uh, conduct this interview today, so we'll just have to make do. You got it. But for those of you that don't know Greg, uh, Greg, why don't you give us a little bit about your background? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Thanks, Mike. Um, I've been here now in this position for 20 years. I got here in the fall of 2000 to lead the Greater Des Moines Convention and Visitors Bureau, and it's been a great run. You know, my background prior to this, I started out in the hotel business. I was in the uh, sales management business with hotels. I worked for Marriott for seven years and independent hotels for about three years and made the move into the CVB world uh, way back in 1990. I worked at the Overland Park uh, Convention and Visitors Bureau in Overland Park, Kansas. And then I was the CEO of the Peoria area CVB uh, in the 90s before I came back to Des Moines. Very good. And uh, if you could uh, share with us maybe some of the uh, community-related involvement that you're uh, currently participating in. Sure, yeah. I serve on a lot of different boards throughout the community. Um, You know, the Greater Des Moines Partnership Board being one of them. Um, I serve on multiple uh, different uh, boards, whether it be not-for-profits and other organizations. I uh, chaired the Susan G. Komen of Iowa board a few years back, and I'm still pretty active with that organization, um, as well as really a lot of, of others. I'm also very active in the state. Um, we have the Iowa Destination Marketing Association, uh, the Travel Federation of Iowa. I sit on both of those boards and executive boards. Um, I am the past chair of Destinations International, which is our international association for CVBs all across the world. I was chair of that of that group uh, back in 2012-2013, so still stay pretty active in that as well. Sounds like it. So uh, based on uh, some of those experiences, uh, both, you know, uh, professionally and also uh, from the community based standpoint, uh, maybe talk about if a time or two sticks out more than others to where maybe you face some challenges that you thought were like, okay, I'm getting out of this job field. There's no way uh, that I'm going to make it through this. Uh, Maybe talk about share, share a few of those with us. You know, my, my first thought was really when I got here back in 2000, um, you know, I moved here from Peoria and Des Moines was a much a bigger community and it was a great um, career move for me to, to advance myself and move my family here. Um, my wife grew up in Des Moines, so that kind of made sense too. We still had a lot of family and relatives that live here. Um, but when I first got back here, you know, I was, uh, we were rocking pretty well in Peoria back in the nineties and it brought in a lot of great conventions. We, uh, 
brought in the boys basketball state championship uh-huh. tournament yep. to Peoria after it'd been in Champaign, Illinois for 77 years yep. and did a lot of great things like that. But so I got here in 2000 and it was, um, you know, it was a dreary winter. It was uh, just a awfully cold winter and my family was still back in Illinois and, um, there wasn't a lot of happening things going on in downtown Des Moines back in those <laughs> days. And so I kind of started having second thoughts and, you know, my kids who were still in grade school age, they were crying and saying, why do we have to move? And, and all of that. So it was kind of a trying time, but, you know, shortly after I was here, then, um, you know, the County started talking about building this massive new Iowa event center and, all of these things started to fall in place. You know, the library, uh, the new library, the new science center downtown, and all of these integral things that we would be actively involved in promoting. And I thought, okay, now things are heating up. You know, let's make this stuff a reality. And and uh, was very involved with all of those projects early on and really turned my whole attitude around. And you know, eventually my family obviously moved here and they settled in well and and everything since that time has just been wonderful with the growth and, and everything we've seen happening in this metro area. And, you know, as a sidebar, I, and I don't know if you knew this about me, but I'm originally from Chicago and we actually came to Des Moines around the same time. I was a freshman in college in 2000 and I remember having some of the same thoughts that your family did when the car pulled up. Um, off of the interstate and I'm looking around coming from the big city and I'm like, what am I getting myself into? And I, no kidding. And, and I've been happy to see, you know, uh, some of the changes that you talked about uh, even back then uh, started to fall into place and to, you know, make it feel a little more or or not that I was so far away from home, I guess, is, a, is the best way to put it. Um, now, you talk about going through those challenges, especially of the, with the relocating and, and the bigger projects, you know, Science Center. Uh, the library and, and those things coming to the city on that grand of a scale, especially with the events center um, and, and the goal that it was going to serve. How did you lead your teams through those times? Because I'm, I'm quite sure that even for people that have been here in Des Moines for a long time, uh, they were, there was probably some reluctance or maybe pushback. I guess I'll let you explain that as to, you know, the new things that were coming. What did you do to get your teams or keep your team's morale up and, and help them get through those, those upcoming changes. Well, it was, yeah, that was interesting because you could probably go back into the archives of even the Des Moines register and, and other media outlets at the time that were saying, you know, why do we need to build a new arena here? You know, that's auditorium has been here since 1955 and has served the community. Well, and it's got so much back history to it and, and all that wonderful kind of things. And, uh, you know, on, on our side of the fence, my, my team was pretty revved up about all this because this really opened up some new opportunities for us. You know, we currently, at that time, we had the Des Moines Convention Center, which is now the YMCA downtown. And, and that was a nice facility, but it was pretty limited. It wasn't, you know, um, too awfully large. We were pretty limited to a lot of state conventions and regional conventions but didn't really have an opportunity to grow into the national convention market and things like that. And Vets Auditorium on the same note was a great facility. Don't get me wrong. And has a lot of great history for this state, but it was limited. You know, it had about 11,000 seats in it. 
Um, you couldn't bring in the big concerts back in the in the early 2000s. It did its it did its job certainly in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. But uh, you know, a lot of these big shows had outgrown places like Beth's. So you know, there was a lot of neat opportunity coming around there. And you know, the staff. Um, I, I remember coming back from meetings over at Polk County and and you know giving them the, a little brief and getting them revved up about hey guys you know it's going to be a couple of years but this is the kind of stuff that once this gets going we can start selling this right now because most of the stuff that we're booking books way out into the future you know we we're booking right now in 2020 we're booking stuff in 2021 2022 even up to 2025 um big national events and things like that so you know, it kept a, it, it really did kind of jumpstart the whole team and, and gave us a new opportunity, a new thing to sell. You know, the whole market area of Des Moines was, was beginning to blossom more. We started seeing more growth into the suburban areas and, and things like that. So it all just started to play into this whole master plan. You know, I'm glad you shared uh, that aspect of it because normally when most people talk about challenges – uh, it, it's usually something that they, they think is going to be extremely hard to overcome. Um, so I'm glad that you've put this bit on, on it um, to, to add a little uh, variance in, in these, these episodes that we record, uh, because it just goes to show that not all challenges are negative and that uh, there is a lot of positive that can come from those. So I, I definitely appreciate that. And then to move into, uh, I guess, you as a leader, for, for what you do in your role as president and CEO of the, basically of the, of a CVB, um, bringing in events and adding things to make the city even bigger and better can probably be stressful at times and, and definitely requires a lot of energy, a lot of focus, um, the ability to make decisions that may or may not make, um, individuals happy. What, what are some of the things, Greg, that you do to kind of unwind and, and help keep your mental health in a, in a stable spot, because uh, that's a pretty big burden, pretty big responsibility uh, to have to carry on day in and day out um, as a leader. So what are some of the things that you do to unwind to make sure that you're on point um, when it is time, when it is go time for, for these different things? Yeah, that's a great point, Michael. And it's, um, you know, I've, I've really been blessed to have a great family and, and I have depended on them greatly through my whole career and in uh, moving up in jobs and, and different things, different challenges that I faced. And um, so number one, I mean, that's my biggest outlet was my family or is my family. Even to this day, you know, my kids are all grown and two of them live here in Des Moines, two of them live in Kansas City, but we uh, frequently get together as a family and really enjoy each other, enjoy each other's company. Um, I enjoy actually working out in the yard too. And so does my wife. So we do spend a considerable amount of time out in the yard, as you know, being one of my golfing buddies, <laughs> I also enjoy golf, but as you also know, I'm a terrible golfer. So I have to be careful on who I, uh, golf with so they don't make too much fun of me like you do. But, um, so I enjoy golfing, you know, I enjoy other friendships around the community that I've made here, um, talking to other people. I've always found that, you know, when you get kind of down and out about things, um, either talking to colleagues or, or peers in the industry or, or even um, leadership around Des Moines um, and, and vocalizing maybe some of your challenges with them, 
um, as you know, this community is is extra special when it comes to um, reaching out to another CEO of a large corporation or organization, and, and they'll all take your call. You know, absolutely. And to throw throw out you know a, a situation that you're battling at the time, and and just talk it through with them. So. You know, our business, as you well know, just like with the partnership, where I tell my staff in our weekly staff meetings that we are always on the stage. Where you know we basically live in a glass house, so everything we we do, we've got to do with a smile on our face, even though we hate it, hate doing it. Um, but we've got to show that we're we're progressive, we're moving forward, we're moving the needle on this uh, metro area, and, and that's just the attitude we've got to keep. Absolutely. And now to kind of wrap things up and, and put it in into some perspective with the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, um, if you've had any lessons that jump out, maybe two or three lessons from your past experiences uh, that you'd be willing to share that you're maybe applying now um, as we deal with this, because obviously with you basically being in the events industry, a lot of things are getting canceled, um, you know, obviously not knowing when they, you know, may be rescheduled or, you know, things are getting put on hold, things of that nature. Um, talk about uh, a few lessons that maybe you've learned uh, in the past that you're now utilizing um, as we get through this. Sure. Yeah. yeah you know, this is this is uh, sometimes we are going through. I mean, this is something none of us have ever experienced. I mean, I've lived through a lot of different um, pandemics, you know, H1N1, AIDS and uh, 9-11 was a terrible, terrible tragedy to the country and um, just all kinds of different things. But nothing compares to the COVID-19 thing that we're going through. And, you know, I think the first and, and foremost thing that I've done is is done a lot of communication, communicate a lot with my team, you know, especially since we're all working from home, you know, sending at least weekly emails, if not a couple times a week doing Zoom calls with them, just staying in front of them, encouraging them to continue to do what we do and, and uh, you know, keeping them upbeat and also communicating with all of our different partners. You know, we have a thousand different partners in the community, whether they be hotels or restaurants or attractions, shopping centers, um, small business owners, on and on and on, culture and arts. I mean, just everybody. And we've, you know, implemented uh, weekly and bi-weekly e-blasts that we send out to these different communities and keeping them informed on what we're doing all along, keeping positive. Um, but there, yeah, it's certainly been really challenging. Um, you know, so I think that also the other factor that I hit on earlier was just staying positive. You know, people look to us as, as their guide on things as well. And, um, I get multiple calls a day asking, hey, I've got an event planned in July or August or September. Do you think I, I should still keep it, keep it on the schedule? And, and I say, yes, you know, I'm, I'm not the expert. The experts are the governor and the health departments and our county health officials and all of these people. But, uh, you know, for right now, that far out, I would keep it on the books and let's see what another two weeks to 30 days brings. And, and try to keep people positive and keep them moving forward. 
And I know those companies and organizations appreciate that 100% as well as as much as we do. Uh, Greg, I want to want to thank you today uh, for for giving your time to to chat with me about some of these things and, and lessons that you've learned. Uh, definitely going to have to put some time on the books for us to uh, hit the course uh, once all this is over. You got it. I'll uh, I'll spot you a few strokes and uh, <laughs> we'll, I appreciate it. We'll go from there. Greg, I want to thank you again for joining me today. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening to the Leading in Times of Challenge podcast produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. To listen to more stories of inspiration, please visit dsmpartnership.com.